And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Luckily, dependable Dave Filoni and crew create Rebels with new characters, new places, and new adventures, thus keeping hope alive for this podcast. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Rebels. In this episode... When Chopper comes under Imperial control, the future of the entire Rebellion is at stake, and it's up to AP5 to fix it. There will be Chopper's being nice, AP5 sings, and space toilets! We're talking double agent droid this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. Good! I forgot, I just had to grab a new... I'm I'm starting a new notebook with with this episode. I filled up my last one. So I was I was on uh, I was on a different episode <laughs> with my notes just in front of me. I had I had a secret cargo in front of me, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't secret cargo. Rest in peace, old notebook. You did good. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a good week? Yeah, so far so good. I did a yeah. trip to the I I went to the local. Uh, I've been bragging about how where I live has been really good with the social distancing. Uh-huh. And today that all got thrown out the window. I went to the grocery store and I was good. I had my mask on and and was not touching anything. But about half the people in the grocery store were just like, yeah, it's just any other day. When I when I walked out, I'm glad this was when I was walking out and not when I was walking in. But I feel bad for the people who work there because none of them have masks or anything. Um, there's this lady walking in with her three kids for probably from ages for seven, like seven, nine and 11, you know, like somewhere in that range. And the seven and nine year old are just running in circles in front of her cart. And the 11 year olds dragging behind with like black circles under his eyes, pale looking sick, just sick. And, and I'm like, really you're going into the grocery store with four people i'm watching her and then like the other kids are running around she's just ignoring them she looks at the sick kid goes how do you feel and he just goes like looks at her and she kisses him on the forehead and she's like i'm kissing away the germs i kissed away half the germs just oh now. my god yeah and i was like this is like a bad movie this is like a bad pandemic movie playing out right in front of me She's walking in there with four kids, one of them sick, meaning they're probably all sick. And they're just going to spread out through the, you know, the two, the, the two younger ones are going to go run around and picking stuff. It's just crazy. And like half the people in the grocery store were sort of like that, just sort of like, ah, I'm just going to go in and go grocery shopping. And the other half were trying to be good. So there were these like log jam aisles full of just, people all just like logged together like a normal grocery store day and then everybody else just like keeping six feet apart from each other <laughs> on other 
and coming back to those aisles later. It was just sort of like, just let them maraud through and then like wait till it empties out. And so it was, it was weird. To quote my brother, you can't fix stupid. No. Yeah. No, people, (laughs) people, people aren't gonna figure it out till they, till they, uh, now I, I don't want to jinx anything because this is, you know, we're at a two week, things happened two weeks ago. So whatever's yeah. going on now, but like, I, That's true. I was we do record seeing, two weeks in advance. So I a thread about Boris Johnson, the, the, the PM of uh, Britain, yeah. you know, and he, he's just went into uh, intensive right. care. Just to with, take this episode <laughs> with the, with the, with the coronavirus and, <coughs> and then you call <laughs> it's allergy season around here i'm feeling fine folks don't worry um (laughs) hopes hope socially distancing yourself in georgia from from the microphone now from her speakers but um but like you know everybody's like oh good he got it and i'm like no man like i hope he survives it you know I'm like thinking this could age badly. He could be dead by now when people are listening to this and stuff and it could sound ghoulish. But like I I, I, I sort of hope that he just sort of gets it really bad. They put him on a ventilator and he lives. And so that because that's how like the, those people who are just walking around like it's normal and pretending it's normal aren't going to believe it's not normal until they see something happen to him, you know. So that's what I'm sort of happening, hoping happens in Britain as their prime minister comes out of the hospital and goes, look, guys, <laughs> don't mess around, you know, because he was like two weeks ago. He was like, I shake hands with everybody. I'm not going to stop shaking hands. Yeah, he literally said I was in a hospital with and I'm sure I shook hands with people with coronavirus. <laughs> so. Yeah, I... But the thing that was bad about that, you know, I could sort of go like, oh, those people are stupid. I'll let them log jam up on there. What I feel bad for with those like four kids or three kids and mom are the people that have to work there. You know, thank God where I work that, you know, we're, we, 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 we pass in food into the into a slit in the in the window of their car, you know, and like they've got gloves. They've usually got gloves on and we've got gloves on and. And all that and everybody like so I'm not really I don't have like like I was thinking if I worked in here right now, I would be I don't know if I'd want to work in here because you're just you, you they don't have you know, you could probably get a mask to go in there and work. But you're going to be like you can't be the only worker there with a mask. You're going to it's going to look terrible to for the other people and yeah, feel I... terrible for the other people. But like the places and providing them with them and the customers aren't play they aren't playing it safe, you know, and it's like they're forced to be in there. Yeah, I I'm actually I have taken the time to get to know some of the people in my Kroger's. And part of the reasons for that is if you know who's working, they can't they will let some coupons slide. And they're like, oh, this coupon's not ringing up. Right. Well, let me just still put in those two dollars. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, thank you. Um, but but that's just kind of the selfish reason. But like I've got taken time to get to know some of them. So I actually genuinely get happy when I see when Amani works or when Miss Cynthia works. And Miss Cynthia always talks about her grandkids. And 
I keep thinking about her every time I see Miss Cynthia working and she's this older woman who is working in the self-checkout area. I just, I fear for her because she's just the nicest old woman. And she's always like asking me how my day is. And like, I'm, I'm. And all it takes is one pass with that family with their sick three kids walking by her to, to put her in the hospital. Yeah. Knock things over. Yeah, and so, like, uh, if, if you're one of the essential workers, like, thank you for working so hard. Um, actually, Billy's cousin that she lives with is an ER nurse, and um, we were we were supposed to have Sean from Roll to Fail on our episode next week. We had been planning for him to be on Twin Sons, but he's a hospital worker, and he works pretty much at Ground Zero in Washington, Washington State, and so he, he is not able to be on next week because of that, and... I mean, just if, if you are an mm-hmm. essential worker, like, thank you so much for working so hard. Like, really. Like, it, it means so much to us. If you're if you're working in the medical field, there's actually like there's almost really no way to express what you're doing because there's really no way for us to understand fully how horribly shitty <laughs> what you guys are going through. Like, yes. I've been hearing it third-hand through Billy, because uh, her cousin will come home from work and, like, tell Billy stuff, and then Billy tells me stuff. So I've been hearing, like, third-hand, but I can't even... That's probably even just a fraction of there's, what... Yeah, there's a lot... The, the, the videos of crying nurses coming out of 13-hour shifts are starting to uh, starting to make their way out into the internet. And, and two weeks from now, when this comes out, I'm sure there'll be more, because we'll be further along in the curve of it. So, yeah. so, yeah, uh, so, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I, ha- I have a friend who he, he's not a medical worker. He's a medical worker insofar as he uh, repairs medical equipment for uh, for hospitals, but he, he repairs ventilators. So he knows how ventilators work. And um, he was telling me, he's like, you know, it's they're they're a, a complicated complicated thing and they're also very dangerous and they're you know that there's something like when somebody's on a ventilator there has to be somebody there working the ventilator to keep that person from dying from to keep the ventilator from killing them to keep adjusting it so that they don't you know that their their lung issues don't kill them so basically you have the people you know when you have the people at the ventilator stage which is you know when you're on the ventilator, there's a good chance you're not going to make it. You'll have you'll have nurses and doctor or nurses usually who are like watching three people that their shift is them all alone with three people dying on a ventilator, constantly circulating between those three ventilators for 13 hours, you know, basically playing like one of those like fast paced, super um, video games where you're juggling 15 plates on a on a stick, you know, but the you know it's not a video game because it's people's lives. So you're like 13 hours just sort of alone in a room, monitoring people's lungs and their ventilator machines. Well, on all these happy notes, <laughs> um, yeah, I I have an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> On those happy notes, um, gosh, I, there's no good way to segue out of that. <laughs> so, 
Um, to, 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 to follow up with what I'm Chris trying to think of a way to make a blue waffle virus joke in there somewhere. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, again, thank you if you're working at central jobs or nurses or hospitals or anything like that or doctors and you're listening to this. Thank you so much. Oh, um, so don't feel good. But um, I do have an announcement. Um, it's kind of related to the podcast, but sort of not. Um, as you guys know, at the end of the episode, I always talk about my website, geekygirlexperience.com. And I am probably by the time this episode launches, it might be up or about to launch. But I am launching a Patreon where you can support the website and support me. And there's going to be three tiers to it. And the the middle and upper tier is a special exclusive tier where it will be a brand new podcast by me and Chris. And I am so excited to bring you a brand new podcast um, that it's my dream podcast that I've been doing, wanting to do forever with Chris. And I've talked about it before on the show and I've said it multiple times. So in pretty soon, as soon as probably by the time this episode comes out, we're recording the first episode next week. Chris and I will be doing Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where we'll be going through all the animated shows that I always talk about on this show with Chris, and he'll be watching them for the first time, and we're going to talk about it. And our first show is going to be Gravity Falls, and we're going to do both seasons of Gravity Falls. And after that, it's going to be Avatar The Last Airbender. And after that, I have a nice list in my head of what's going to do next. But down, long, down, down, down the horizon, I'm seeing Steven Universe. I'm seeing um, My Little Pony, possibly. That's my back pocket one. I'm not going to whip out My Little Pony. That's like if I run out of content. <laughs> my Little Pony will be whipped out at the end. Um, I'm also, yeah, like that's, that's my last chance. My Little, like, pony, my little pony might be tough for me, Hope. That might be, which, which you know. That's me whining, but that might be a, a, a general boon for the show. That's all right. You're going to be going through um, Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, She-Ra, um, DuckTales, the new DuckTales, I should say, all those first. And I just started watching Owl House today, which I really enjoyed. And Owl House is by some of the creators of Gravity Falls. I so I just started Adventure Time, too. You know, I've never watched Adventure Time. That might be interesting because I've I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but I've I personally have never sat down and watched the whole thing. I've seen uh, a couple episodes and it seemed very disconnected, but I've heard that if you watch it as a whole, it has it's a lot like Gravity Falls, where it has a lot of like lore and stuff, lore and symbolism, and yeah. a lot of stuff drawn from weird music that I like. So I might I, like. I got halfway through the first season of Adventure Time, but that's that's a good point. Like that could be a fun thing that we do together, um, way way down the line. But I definitely have my list I want to get through. But anyway, um, very very soon I will be launching Hope Watch, uh, Hope makes Chris, Hope makes Chris watch cartoons on the Geeky Girl Experience Patreon, um, and it'll be five dollars to listen, five dollars a month with two episodes a month. So you're you're pretty much uh, getting two fifty an episode, and it'll be a way to support me. And that would be awesome. And I love you guys. And we should talk Rebels. <laughs> you yes. ready to talk Rebels? Oh, I'm ready. Um, what did you think about this episode? It was pretty good. Not a yeah. great episode. There's a couple moments that I really liked in it. And uh, there wasn't anything that I really didn't 
like about it, but it was uh, it was a lot like the last episode where it was just kind of a fun little uh, pocket adventure, you know. Maybe a little more insight into Wedge, I guess. Uh, not I really, the but same way. Like, because I I'd only ever seen this episode once, and I never saw it again. So this was my second time viewing it, and I remember I liked it a lot better than the first time I saw it. And again, like compared to some of the last few weeks, like this is not Trials of the Dark Saber. This is not Legacy of Mandalore. This is not through no. Imperial Eyes. And so it's, but that doesn't mean it's a bad episode. Like there's nothing it's, in this episode that I particularly dislike. It's light. It's, it's lighter. And it's, yeah. it's, it's got, it's, it's not really like a comedy episode, but it's got comic moments in it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got true some, you know, I, I like that, that Chopper becomes a true murder bot. Yeah. That's, so. that's about, yeah. Well, you ready to get into it? I am ready. All right. <clears throat> Double Agent Droid is the 56th episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it was released on March 11th, 2017. It was written by Brent Friedman and directed by Stuart Lee. Some extra information for you. The controller is voiced by Josh Gad. His other works include The Internship, LeFou in the live action Beauty and the Beast, but most notably, he is the voice of Olaf in the Frozen movies. The original premise of this episode had the Imperial Station at, be at, Re- at Rishi Outpost. Rishi Outpost was the listening outpost from the Clone Wars episode Rookies, where Fives, Echo, and the rest of the Domino Squad was introduced in season one of the series. The staff in the controller in their operation center was inspired by the soulless control room seen in George Lucas's first film, THX 1138. The controller was designed to resemble Pablo Hidalgo. I definitely wrote Pobly. <laughs> Pobly Hidalgi. Um, I, I, I knew it had to be based on somebody because he kind of reminded me of an avatar of somebody that they picked out when they got their Wii. You know, when you made your little version of you on a Wii. Oh my it, God, you're so it looked right. like a version of somebody. It looked like a version of a modern person rather than, you know what I'm saying? I and I was like, saying. they base they base this guy on somebody because there's no like little weird guys with with their trimmed beards and moder- and regular Earth glasses in Star Wars. It's got to be somebody. Now I just need somebody to make a small video of the controller from this episode with the Wii music underneath it, like the do 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 da 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 da. And they're just sort of, he's just sort of standing there bobbing a little bit, you know. As yeah. He's oh my gosh, you're yeah. right. Anyway, uh, he was designed to look like Pablo Hidalgo, the executive of the Lucasfilm Story Group. He even recorded the temporary voice for the character before Josh Gad was brought in. The creatures that swarm AP-5 in the vacuum of space at the end are baby Nibres, whose design was first used in the Clone Wars. In Rebels Recon for this episode, they talk about how they wanted to continue a thread from Season 1 with the character of Sibo, who was Ezra's parents' friend that had the Lobot thingy attached to his head. They wanted to show a number of Imperial agents that gave up a degree of autonomy to be plugged into the Imperial Data Network. This is an Imperial response to the growing rebellion. It lets them intercept more transmission, data, and intel to try and combat the rebellion. Dave Filoni says this particular post is for the droids and was commanded by Thrawn to look for them. Dave says that most Imperials ignore droids, but Thrawn doesn't ignore them. They talk more about AP-5's song at the end. 
Throughout the episode, he's being ignored by everybody as he tries to warn them about Chopper being turned evil. He's suffered under the Empire, and now he has to put up with the Rebels and their lack of organization. So AP-5 likes the peace of space and just floating out there. Pablo Hidalgo notes that being left alone in space while cataloging all the stars is AP-5's happy place. Stephen Stanton, AP-5's, AP-5's voice actor, said the singing was actually put into the script. The day of recording, all the other cast members had finished up, but they all wanted to stay behind and watch Stanton record uh, recording just to hear AP-5 sing. And Dave Filoni says that he wrote the scene just because he thought it would be funny and weird to help break up the episode from the rest of the season, which is really serious. You know who's also super serious? Mm, I'm very serious Yoda is. Mm. I'm kidding, he's not. Mm, stiff upper lip Yoda has. Mm. <laughs> How you doing this week, Yoda? Mm, doing serious. Mm. Serious goodness. Yes. Super serious. Question you have for Yoda? I do, but it's not a very serious question. <laughs> serious question, yes. <laughs> well, your question this week, Yoda, is AP5 sings in this episode. Yoda, can you sing me a song? Uh... Yoda do karaoke with Mace Windu? Mmm. Sings good, but... Mmm. Drinky, Oh my drinky. god, do you want to go with Bindu? So then it's the Bindu Windu? Oh, Windu Bender? Bender with oh. Bendu and Windu? Mmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yes, drunken sing. Yoda sings good in shower, but Yoda not drinking, so... Mmm. Yoda has... Mmm. Yoda has, um... A... A speech impediment. <laughs> Singing is a little awkward, but Yoda will try. Sing <clears throat> me a story, sing me a rhyme, sing Something all about it here in Once Upon a Time. Success. Okay, Yoda will try. A little lamb Mary had, lamb, little lamb, little. A uh, lamb, little lamb Mary had, lamb, little, lamb, little, white as snow, it's fleece, wa- Yoda can't do it. Yoda can't do it. <laughs> Yoda, oh, that was laugh at Yoda, you do, yes. No. Oh, very serious. No, it was amazing, Yoda. Thank sing, you so Yoda, much. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 Yoda, I loved it. Thank you. Um, oh my next god. Next time Yoda will sing Super Freak by Rick James. Super Freak. Super Freak. Very kinky girl she is. <laughs> Don't take right, help with others that kind she is. Mm. Well, Your spirit you for- she will never let down. Mm. Off the street once you get her. Mmm. I just imagine you doing beat poetry, Yoda. Mmm. Yoda's very much like Allen Ginsberg. Mmm. <laughs> Yoda. Booing. At. Uh, don't encourage him. Mace Windu. Get him a little, uh. <laughs> get him a little beanie and. Or a little beret, that's it. He needs a little beret if he's gonna do that. And a, and a little and a little soul patch. Do or do not 
is no try. <laughs> anyway, man, we are just dallying a bit around this episode. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yo, to see you next week. There you All go. Right, I can always tell, like, when I'm just, like, not quite ready for an episode. And, like, do you ever have weeks where you're just like, oh, yeah, I got to record something? And because I wrote these, uh, usually I'm just like, yeah, recording. But everyone's wrong. I'm just like, oh, yeah, the thing. So not a lot of deep stuff to talk about in this episode. That's true. That's true. Yeah, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. I honestly, like, like, I had to scrape together a couple notes because I was just like, I don't have anything to say about this not gonna be one of those two-hour episodes i guess i mean if we keep keep dallying it's gonna be a two-hour right look at grievous intrigued we talked about the episode in 20 minutes and then spent the next like hour and a half talking about like penis piercings and pool and uh pudding wrestling oh yeah my buddy kenny oh grievous intrigued that was a good one so we can make it work all right act one act one we open with Hera, Zeb, and Ezra watching Wedge and Tilly's in an Imperial shuttle, heading off to start a mission. Zeb and Ezra are like, Good luck, Wedge! Your co-pilots are assholes! And Hera's like, Leave them alone! They're gonna be great! Space Mom approves! That's because Wedge is on a mission with Chopper and AP-5 to find some Imperial codes. AP-5 is criticizing Wedge's lack of protocol, like... Oh, it's apparent that your ego is so frail. You compensate with breaking the rules. I'd hate to think how your tiny manhood factors into this. And Wedge is like, There's there's nothing wrong with my huge, massive dick. Don't talk to me. Oh, hope I see where you're going here. (laughs) I know. I didn't even mean to set up this joke. I, I, and, and I didn't mean to, and then it did, and I was like, this is great. Chopper is more grumpy than normal because AP-5 was put in charge of the mission. They have to get Imperial codes for the attack on Lothal, and AP-5 is all gloaty that he's the best for the job. And he even says, anything you can do, I can do better. And as Chopper and AP-5 start arguing back and forth, going, wah, 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 yes, I can, wah, 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 yes, I can, wah, 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 yes, I can. Wedge is like, oh, my God, if you two don't stop quoting Annie, get your gun, I will turn this shuttle around, so help me. Neither of you can bake a pie. That's a musical theater joke. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, because it was driving me nuts. For some reason, I thought that song was from the Fantastics and not from Annie Get Your Gun. And now... Annie Get Your Gun. That's like, like, I I recognize that show tune. Yeah, like, the moment they started, I was like, oh my god, they're damn doing Annie Get Your Gun. (laughs) Are they actually? Yes, they are. They're still Annie Get Your Lightsaber. I know. I, I... I just kind of had to laugh and stuff and go, why are they doing Can I Get Your Gun in the middle of a Rebels episode? It's going <laughs> to be that kind of episode. I guess so. Anyway, they arrive at the Imperial base, and Wedge calls in that he's delivering service droids. They land, and AP-5 and Chopper head into the base, but not before they have to go through some scanner thingies. AP-5 is clear, but when Chopper goes through, the scanner picks up that something isn't quite right with him. We flash over to an Imperial listening ship where a bunch of Lobot people are on board. They pick up Chopper, not being an Imperial droid, and report it to a person named the Controller, aka not Olaf. 
The controller wonders if they are if these are the spy droids that Thrawn told them to look out for. They set a course for the station where Chopper and AP5 are at. Back with our heroes, Chopper is bullying a mouse droid, and AP5 is getting real tired of Chopper's shit really fast, and they squabble. Finally, AP5 has had enough of Chopper, and he goes to get the code from the central computer himself. The listening ship arrives, and they pull up an image of Chopper and AP. Comparing it to the files of rebel droids, the controller realizes that it's Chopper. He doesn't want to tell the station that the droids are there. He wants to use Chopper to get information out of him. AP5 finds what he's looking finds the area that he's looking for, but a lady AP5 droid comes along like, "Oh, hello, fellow organized friend. You're not supposed to be here." And AP5 lies, saying that she was reassigned to another area. And Lady AP5 is like, "Oh, well that checks out." And she leaves. And AP5 gloats that he's the superior of all to all the other droids, and he monologues why he is the best. Actually, he's performing a soliloquy, not a monologue, but most people don't know what a soliloquy is, and they know what a monologue is. A monologue is when you make a speech with other people there. A soliloquy is when you perform the speech all by yourself with no one else around. Thank you for coming to my Theater 101 class. I'm here all week as we are self-quarantining. Let's move on! AP5 gets the clearance codes for Lothal and heads out. Meanwhile, Chopper is plugged into the wall of the listening post. The controller gives an order to capture him. They shock Chopper and start searching his memory files, but they can't find the rebel base. The controller then gives the command to take over Chopper's body. Chopper fights it, but the controller wins and gains access to Chopper. AP5 comes along and gloats some more and shows off that he got the clearance codes to Lethal. And the Lobot people see this and they're like, Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to go get those back or something. So the controller gives the order to follow AP5 in Chopper's body. What'd you think of Act 1? It was pretty good. Um, yeah, I noted the anything you can do, I can do better. Um, yep. I love the, the green planet. with the gr- You don't often see a green emerald sky. You know, you'll often see like a green world, like a forest world or something. But this one had like a green gaseous sky that was just really cool looking. That's true. I, I, I didn't really. You're right. I've never. I didn't pay attention to this guy, but now you say it. Yeah. And uh, my only other note is the random Lobot guy who first speaks sounds just like Thrawn. He sounds. He there's a deep like the way he spoke was very Thrawn like, and I was like, I wonder if that's the same voice actor. I doubt it. No, I think it's um, uh, Vanessa Marshall, who's Hera's voice actor, did the female one. And then I think, uh, yeah, Steven Stanton, who's AB5's voice actor, he was the other one. He was okay. the male one. It sounded, it sounded very Thrawn-like. Other than that, it was just, this was a very, you know, your standard set em up for a show, you know? Yeah. Mission, mission characters squabbling mission began problem begins you know it's it's just like a very very standard setup which like in all these storyline ones it's kind of nice to have a couple of these too but there's there's just not a lot going on here you know you know we, we talked about that a lot in rebel uh in clone wars i should say you know we would get like arc after arc after arc and when we especially towards the end of the series so when we got that like one standalone episode, it was really nice because it was just kind of like a breather between all yeah. the heavy arcs. Yeah. 
You didn't have to put anything together. It was just going to be a nice little, little adventure that plays out in the yeah. show. And it's just sort of its own little standalone thing. So it's nice to have those in yeah. there. And we've had we've had them, but this this one is a lighter one. This one's a little, you know. This one feels like a, a season cleanser. one episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, for my notes, um, while he's not my favorite character, and I often forget that he's in the show, I have as we've been revisiting Rebels and going through it with a fine fine tooth comb, a fine tooth comb. Bleh, I find myself liking AP five more and more. Um, he's still not like, you know, like the forefront of my brain when I think about Rebels and whenever people draw group shots, they don't put him in pictures and fan art and shit, but he's funny. Like how he just like tears into Wedge, like without missing a beat. Like he's a hilarious character. And as we're going back through the show, like I'm seeing more and more like why he's so valuable. At first I was like, yeah, he's too much like C-3PO. But then as the more, the more they, and, and. They, you know, like I think we've discussed that they probably could have had him in there a little more. Like we mm-hmm. probably liked it, but the but when the more you see him, the more he develops his own personality, and you don't think of him as just like a stand-in for C-3PO. He's more like Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, yeah, we have made that comparison before, yes. Yeah, Here, I'll so. be I'll be making it again in in this episode. That that's true, because like when they when they first introduced AP Five. Um, I was under the impression that he'd be around more. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I like part of the reason why I always forget that AP five is actually in the show is because how sparingly they use him. He's always in just kind of these side yeah. things and he only has a few episodes where he's front and center. Like, right. I think three, I, I honestly can't remember where he is in act four. I know he is in, or, uh, season four. I know he's in season four. I don't remember where. I don't think he's in it very often. Yeah, Yeah, because season four is only 12 episodes. And honestly, like... There's a lot of of main storyline stuff going on. There's not time to have an AP5 doing a little light comedy. (laughs) Yeah, So, but I I was under the impression that they would use AP5 more. Um, My next note is the Lobot people are creepy. <laughs> it's kind of like the reverse of my phobia of cyborgs because they're people, but they're like robot people instead of robot people being people. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is sque- sque- squeaky. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. But um, on a more serious note, I until I watched Rebels Recon, I absolutely forgot about Sibo from act from season one, and he was the green guy with the head thing that Ezra was being a dick on his birthday. Cause he's like, it's my birthday and I don't want to talk to Sibo. You don't know where my parents are. And Sibo was like, I'm a robot man until they fix him. Um, but I'm glad they brought that back up because I forgot about that. And seeing these low up people and seeing people like Sibo, it shows the links that the Empire goes to hold power. And we know that Sibo back in season one did not like being a Lobot person. He hated it and he wanted to be free of it. But I wonder how many of the people we see in this episode, did they volunteer or were they like Sibo and they were forced to be this way? And I, th- I, I would, I like to think of it in my head as it was punishment. Like they were the people who messed up too much and like you got demoted down to Lobot. I, yeah, the, the thing that's making me question because my, my theory is about half and half. And the reason I say that 
is because of um, A New Dawn, which is the prequel book, uh, Hera and Kanan book to the series. And if it's been a minute since I've read A New Dawn, but I think Count Vidian had Lobot people on his ship, if I remember correctly. And But it was from Vidian's point of view, so it's an unreliable narrator. But right. I think he was saying that like they were hired, so they knew the job that they were getting into. They knew that they'd be giving up this autonomy. But again, Vidian's an unreliable narrator, and he's a villain. So for all we know, it was kind of like, I force you to do this job. You're hired. Put this on. Right, <laughs> so, right. So it, it's, it's, I could see some people, like, really, like, fanatical uh, Imperial people being like, yeah, I'll happily do this so I don't have to think about my trash life. But I could also see a lot of these people being forced to do that. And it just shows a very terrifying side of the Empire. Like, this is scary. This is a very scary side of the Empire. Either that or those guys just have the most kick-ass VR machines <laughs> up into their heads. They just, like, turn it around to the front of their eyes, and they're just like, all right, let's go to Star Trek world now. And we're all... Jordy is the one guy with the visors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I made a Star Trek joke! Yay! <laughs> I did it! I made a whole... I made one whole Star Trek joke. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing good, Hope. Thanks. Thanks. Um, and then my my last note is, um, even the Lobot people suck at their job. Because I started thinking, spoiler for the episode, they lose. Uh, <laughs> but I started thinking about it, because the troller is just like, no, don't tell the base about this, about the droids being here. What we'll do is we'll not tell them, and we'll take over Chopper! Yay! And I'm like, if you had just warned the base, the droids would have been captured, Wedge would have been captured, and they probably could have done the flight data recorder from Wedge's ship back to the ghost, and still got the ghost. I'm like, why do the Imperials suck? Even the, low, the Lobot Imperials suck at their jobs. They also they also suck at their jobs by, like, he could have totally like, kept... He was trying. He was trying to impress Thrawn too. Thrawn doesn't make an appearance in this, does he? No. So he you just sort of just it. sort of looms over it. Good. So I don't have to think of anything nice to say about him. No, but, but this is this is a Thrawn task. Like he has been asking people to keep an eye out for Chopper. Yeah. 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 And and, the- and if they were smart, right? It, but they're they're always looking. They're all, like it's 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 a clue into how, you know, the hierarchy of the, and how you move up the ranks and the Imperials is, you know, and, and you, you're trying to score victories for yourself. So like, if he really wanted to be effective, he would have immediately contacted Thrawn and say, we have this situation unfolding here. Thrawn could have put his input in and it probably would have played out differently, but instead he wanted to, he wanted to, you know, wrap the whole thing up in a ribbon and 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 so he could take full credit when it got presented and uh that's sort of the same sort of hubris that hubris that got the um got him when they had the the um that robot probe that got mailed back to him and blew up you know it was it was sort of like yeah let's let's try to do this and then you know i mean Thrawn could have gotten information about what was going, you know, what was going on just from what they knew that would have probably keyed him into some things and, and, and such, but not this guy was just going to keep it self-contained and by keeping it self-contained when they get screwed over, it's all over, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
the downfall of the empire is everybody is out for themselves. Yeah. So when you actually and have like, yeah, and I think it was was it last week's episode? What last week's episode was Secret Cargo? Yeah. So it was last week's episode, or it might have been the one before. Sometime in the last few weeks of me doing Jedi Guys and Jedi, I talked about how Thrawn is an Imperial who who wants to actually have the Empire run effectively, where the, instead of putting all their eggs into one Death Star basket right. and encouraging people to one-up each other, if they actually, you know, worked together and not try to one-up people and actually have, like, a good working thing, they would succeed. But because they all just backstab each other and they throw all their eggs in the Death Star basket, they fail. <laughs> and they are all, even the robot people are like that. Like, I was I was actually a little surprised by him, because I was like, wow, you have more free will than I thought you would. That's because you can't, you can't run an evil empire. The evil empire has a head, and that's Palpatine. Palpatine can have a couple smaller heads underneath him, but everybody else has to be a pretty much a flunky. You can't have people that are too smart you know or you know or you, you can only have a limited number of people who are too smart and you've got the you know you you don't have people you you're not going to have people who are like in world war Two, like fighting for the allies who are like come on we got to go save the world it's more of like you're going in there for your own agenda and hoping that you get the best out of it so every and you're you're evil you're you're you're, a, you're part of an evil conglomeration so everybody's you using they they aren't motivated by doing well for anybody you know only doing well for the empire insofar as it's going to help them anyway so you know there's a there's a saying amongst people when they're talking about fascism and they call fascism a a death cult you know and that's basically the empire is like a fascist group like the nazi you know they're definitely they're directly patterned after the nazis and it's a death cult it's it's the way it's formed and the way it rises to power and the way it can maintain its power is limited. You know, it's it's going to lose its it went once it loses steam, all the nasty stuff catches up with it. And it turns to people, everybody backbiting each other and fighting each other and, you know, blaming each other. And, and then it's all over. So you actually make a really good point, because in the Thrawn books, Palpatine doesn't 100% trust Thrawn because Thrawn is so smart. <laughs> right, right. He and doesn't want he, smart people. He wants to be the smart person. Yeah, and he doesn't fully trust Thrawn, which is part of the reason why in Thrawn's reason, um, he's like questioning Thrawn. He's and he, in Thrawn alliances as well. Like the whole premise of Thrawn alliance is he doesn't fully trust Thrawn, so he sticks him with Darth Vader so Vader can watch him. And he also yeah. doesn't fully believe in Darth Vader being loyal to him, so he sticks Vader, uh, Thrawn with Vader to watch each other. The only and, reason Darth, the only reason Darth Vader's there too, is because he got his got his body half hacked off too, and is not is now not as powerful as Anakin once was. So he's a good, you know, he's a step. He's he's he he could have probably you know Anakin Skywalker with his high midichlorian count probably could have rivaled. Um, Palpatine until he got <laughs> burnt to a crisp and and half his limbs cut off. You know what I mean? So I, he I keeps everybody. Him. He wants to keep everybody stunted and below him as much as possible. And the same yeah. with everybody. Every, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin wants everybody under him to be dumber than him. And if they're smarter than him, he'll ruin their career. You know? Yeah. So, but that's all I have for Act One. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready for Act Two. All right. <clears throat> 
Act three is the exciting one for me in this episode. Yeah. There's only one exciting thing in here, and it's because it's a first in Star Wars, but we'll get to that soon enough. It's almost a first in Star Wars, if it's what I think, because then I I had to go back and I went, wait a second, Clone Wars. So (laughs) we'll see. Oh. Sort of, sort of. We don't fully see them, but we know that they're there. It's, It's the toilets, right? Yes. We'll see. We'll get there. I'll talk with you. Act two. AP-5 arrives back on the ship, and Controller Chopper follows him. Controller Chopper is like, Oh, I'm dreadfully sorry, my dear old chaps, for holding up the mission. I will not let this happen again. AP and Wedge are like, Wait, why are you being nice? What is happening? But Wedge shrugs it off and gets ready to leave. But AP-5 is suspicious. As they're flying back to meet up with the ghost, AP sits down with Chopper and asks him, What's up? And Chopper is like, Oh, my dear friend, I'm only trying to be kind to you. I'm speaking in Imperial terms because I see that you're an ex-Imperial droid. Do not misunderstand my kindness for malice. And AP5 is like, What is wrong with you? They all go back up to the cockpit where Hera congratulates them on a successful mission, and we and we'll see them soon. After she hangs up, Chopper, Chopper rolls up and hands a drink to Wedge and is like, Hello, my dear mate in battle. May I offer you a fresh, fresh beverage? And AP5 is like, are, are you giving him drinks? And you didn't put oil in it or anything? Wedge, I think there is something very wrong with Chopper. And the controller is watching all of this and is like, Fuck, we need to make AP5 happy. So he makes Chopper call AP5, Sir. And AP5 is like, I will not let you butter me up so you get credit for the mission. And Wedge sends Chopper out of the room so he can talk with AP alone. Wedge says they need to knock off their competition because it's getting old really fast. But AP rightfully states that he thinks Chopper was compromised back on the station. Wedge, who doesn't know Chopper that well, thinks that AP5 is being paranoid, which is on point for AP5. Wedge leaves leaves to go pee, and we get to see something so very rare in Star Wars. A bathroom with actual toilets! We even hear Wedge unzip his pants, which is like, whoa, Star Wars, people actually pee in this galaxy. AP5 busts into the room, and Wedge is like, ah, don't, don't look at my obviously big penis! And AP5 is like, no one in this show has penises. All the men look like kin dolls. Anyway, here's all the ways that Chopper that I think that Chopper was compromised by the Imperials. Number one. And Wedge interrupts because he has to super pee and he kicks AP5 out of the bathroom. Controller Chopper sees this and is pleased that everything is back on track. They arrive back with the ghost, and AP-5 immediately tries to warn everybody about Chopper. But because AP-5 is known for being paranoid, no one believes him. Hera goes to find Chopper and finds him in the cockpit, updating his hyperspace logs. Controller Chopper sees her put down the data disk with the Lothal codes on it. Chopper is still acting out of character, and Hera looks like she's starting to be suspicious too. Down below, Wedge is telling Ezra and Zeb how AP-5 wanted to see his huge fat dick. And Hera comes in and tells them that she thinks there's something wrong with Chopper. And AP5 is like, thank you. About time someone noticed. Wedge says Chopper has been nice to him all day. 
And Ezra and Zeb are like, whoa, whoa, did you say nice? That he was nice? Yeah, something's definitely wrong here. And then the ship drops out of hyperspace in the middle of nowhere. They all go look for Chopper in the cargo hold, and AP5 points out, <laughs> points out the obvious saying, hey guys, maybe we shouldn't all be in one place at the same time. But the humans ignore him, and Chopper locks them all in the cargo hold. Controller Chopper gets back the stolen data disk, and the controller says that they don't need prisoners while they upload the data to their base. The controller gives the order to blow our heroes out into space. Bum, bum, bum. What'd you think about too? My first notes is toilets in Yeah, mine space. is let's take, let's take some piss. All right. First in Star Wars. So there were... I Oh, yes, there was a... A bathroom in, in the Clone, in Clone Wars, Wars in, the, in the in the Clone Bar. Yes, that's for Five's toxic kicks. Now we don't actually see the toilet, so like you can actually physically see the toilet behind Wedge. Um, but like, so there are bathrooms, but they're very rare and few and far between. There, but there was that was also, I think, I would have to say, not being a gay man, but I would have to say, that was probably the most like homoerotic scene in uh, Clone Wars, not because it was charged with sexuality, but it was just like, it was just this weird scene of like, uh, you know, uh, an all, basically, I guess there were some women dancing around in the club. They but were, it was, they, they were like Twi'leks and like female the ba- It was a bathroom with a bunch of guy, a bunch of like guys with the, you know, with short hair all hanging out in a bathroom, in a men's room with like, coming through the walls like of a club it was a very non-star wars scene it seemed like a a scene in a gay club or something more than than you would you would see in star wars although i imagine they have gay clubs or whatever passes for the genders in star wars there but it was that but you're right there was a there was a bathroom before this i i guess this is the first time we've seen someone take a piss I, yeah, that the, like when I actually heard like like wedge unzip, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean we've we've seen we've had actual dung in Star Wars before. In Episode One, Jar Jar stepped in some poopy, so there's actually been poop in, but we didn't see the, anything poop. So this, I guess, this was the first. I guess that's a, we're a, a guidepost. I don't know. And my <laughs> only other note is. They actually established AP5 as a dick looker. He's a dick spy. What? Yeah, he's a pee-pee peeper. Because cause he's like, oh, yeah, AP5 followed me in the bathroom. And, and um, oh, Zeb is like, oh, yeah, you yeah. too. He followed me in there too. So so AP5 has followed everybody into the men's room. I, you're right, you're right. I forget because Zeb's like, yeah, he did that to me too. Because oh I was thinking about it, I'm like, ah, you could make a joke here about AP5 just likes following people in the bathroom. And they actually established that, yeah, oh yeah, he's followed Zeb in too. That's so funny. <laughs> I forgot about that until just now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's a pee-pee peeper. He's, catalog- <laughs> he's cataloging everybody's genitals. What's up with that? <laughs> That's all I got for a hack, too. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> there's, well, really not, yeah, there's just not a lot to say going on, like, other than just sort of just standard story here, you know? I had to dig for these notes. 
Um, yeah. I, like I said, my first notice, toilets in space. <laughs> anyway, my next note. Um, I do like that the Imperials don't know that Chopper's an asshole and that's their downfall. <laughs> yes, yes. The Imperials are being ni- are being too nice. Uh, they're like, I'm going to... I'm going to be a, a, you know, a, a nice rebel droid. Hi, everybody. And it's just like, what? Yeah. They have no <laughs> His idea of what a nice rebel droid would be is just so funny. I know. And, like, that's what turned, like, AP5 is just like, you're nice. Something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just love that they don't know that Chopper's an asshole. <laughs> um, and my only other note is, I do like that that I I do like wedges in the story because wedge is the reason that this works for so long. The controller is able to get uh, get away with this as long as it does is because the rest of the ghost crew isn't there for most of the episode. Right. Because with with wedge in the story, he doesn't know Chopper as well. So he like he's probably seen little bits of here and there, but he doesn't really know Chopper. But if it had been like Kanan or Ezra along instead of Wedge they would have realized right away that something's right. wrong with Chopper. And Wedge might be one of those people, you know, it seems like in Star Wars there's different kinds of people, and there's the people who engage robots like they were, you know, it's like it's like people, it's like pets, sort of. Robots are sort of like pets. Some people treat them like someone in the family. Some people are just kind of indifferent to it. You know, they're there, they'll use the robots, but they're not really inter- like, they don't really think of them as having a person. And Wedge might be one of the leaning more towards that side, you know, where he's just like, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah. And to kind of like, re- like, like it's already been established in this show that AP5 is very paranoid and everybody knows he's paranoid. So like that, that's another layer to where like Wedge even calls him out. And he's like, look, we know that you're a paranoid guy and Chopper is just doing his job, so like leave him alone. So like that's Wedge is the reason this story works, and it's a really good use of Wedge because if any, like I said, if anybody else was there from the yeah. ghost crew, they would have it's, known right it's, away. So. It's like a good use of him for the story, but it doesn't do much, you know, for Wedge really. Yeah, I'm fine you know, but, character. Right. <laughs> I still don't care about Wedge and Tilly, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> not given anything to care about, right? Yeah. Um, I do the care most about ex- that he- the most memorable thing he's done so far is take a piss. Yeah, I, I do care that he got his privacy uh, invaded. So I was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody should have that happen. But you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's all I have for Act Two. I don't have anything else. All right. Act that's Three. Act Three. Controller Chopper is opening opening the cargo hold, and everyone else is about to get blown out into space. And everyone holds on for dear life. Space Mom is able to pull out the manual close button. She fights hard, but gets the door closed, and everyone is temporarily safe. Taking a look at the techno panel thing, she can see that someone has taken over Chopper and trying to get the location of their base. They have to get out of the cargo hangar, but the override is outside. Unlike the rest of them, AP5 doesn't need a spacesuit to get to get to the thingy outside. AP5 doesn't want to go, but Hera is like, I didn't volunteer you. I voluntold you. Now let's get you outside, buddy. So they shove AP5 out the door, but Controller Chopper sees him and grabs a couple of blasters because bitching and shooting stuff is what Chopper is good at. Did you just make up, did you make up, um, voluntold you? I've heard it from friends. I've heard it from other people before. 
I was gonna say that's a good. I like that one. I like. Yeah, I, I, that I want. I want to volunteer a lot of people. I like that. Yeah, I don't. I didn't volunteer for this. I was voluntold for this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I can't. I can't claim that. I, I've heard that from other people. So, um, where am I? Chopper, chopper is shooting shit. He flies outside and fires at AP, but overzooms it. As Chopper is making a turn back, AP5 gets the door to the cargo hold open so everyone else can escape. Which is good, because the Lobots have accessed all their stuff. The bad guys start looking for the location of their base. Back outside, Chopper shoves AP5 off the shit. Sh off the shit? Off the ship, puh, with a P. And sends the droid flying into space. Controller Chopper hurries back inside the ghost. As he reaches the cockpit, Zev is waiting for him and zaps controller Chopper unconscious with his bow rifle. And Zev has the best time doing it. Ezra finds the data spike and pulls it out, disrupting the transmission. And General Hera, Space Mom Syndulla, goes full mom mode. Like hell anyone is going to fuck with her droid. She hooks up Chopper to the ghost and sends a power wave right back to the Imperial Lobots while shouting, Don't you fucking touch my kids anytime ever again, you assholes! And I'm guessing since the Lobots are probably still hooked up to Chopper, this works or something? It's really unclear, but pretty much the energy overloads their brains, probably killing them. But if that didn't kill them, their ship explodes, so they're dead. Whatever. It doesn't make sense. Hera holds Chopper in a very touching moment, in a very touching scene, begging Chopper to come back to her. After a few tense moments, Chopper powers back up and says, Fuck everyone! And the Space Ham family, the Space Hamley, the Space family is so happy to have him back. And then they suddenly remember that AP5 is still missing. Because AP5 is floating through space. He's finally alone, happy to be away from the chaos and the lack of organization. Beautiful creatures float around him. He even sings to himself. And I just smacked my microphone. Let me just readjust my pop filter. There we go. And he sings to himself, finally in his happy place. And then fuck, the ghost shows up and he's really pissed off because they just ruined his moment and they scoop him back on board. And everyone's happy to see him. And Chopper even apologizes for what happened. But when Chopper tries to fight AP5, everything is back to normal once more. The end. What'd you think of Act 3? This was my favorite part. Um, this had the only part of it that I thought was kind of dumb in it. And that they could blow up a whole ship by just sort of transmitting something back at them. It's so weird and stupid, but you yeah, know it's what? Just kind of it's... it's just kind of stupid. Like, I could it's... see them frying out the main computer or something, and the ship's just sort of floating there. But this ship just goes up like when they sent the, the you know, the self-destruct droid back. You know, it's just like, kind of like, I mean, that you know... ties up the story neat and clean because otherwise they still have a little bit of data they could have used and maybe exploited. But this, like, gets everybody away clean. But I was just like, yeah, I don't know if that buying that 100%. Just sometimes in Star Wars where I just kind of like hold up my hands and I just go, it's a Star Wars thing. It doesn't make sense, but whatever. Now, my only other note is the Marvin moment in this, where a where AP five is singing with the with the the little musical sequence with the that's 
That's actually one of my notes. I want to I wanted to ask you what did, do you think of that scene? I love I it. I have thoughts. I love it. I think it but I love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and to me it feels like a tribute. It feels almost like an acknowledgement. It reminds me it's funny because it reminds me of C3PO mixed with Marvin which um um when Scott Gardner and I made our parody little audio parodies of Star Wars when we were kids, RC3PO was sort of like a cross between Marvin. You know, we wanted to do a little Marvin in there too because we were fans of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So we made him more depressive. We made him more depressive. And we had many moments where he would <laughs> finally get to be happy and would once again be reunited with his friends and be just like, oh shit. So. It remi- and and there were a lot of moments in in the in the all the hitchhikers books where Marvin you know would have moments where he was finally okay and then it would be right back to normal. So I really liked it. I could see how people would really not like it, you know, because it's just out of place in Star Wars. People just don't break out into song in Star Wars unless it's like in the special editions and they're they're an actual band you know but somebody but i mean i guess he could you know i mean it's not impossible for a robot to sing a little song while he's in space <laughs> all right i don't know i loved it i thought it was hilarious here's my thoughts on it okay so the the scene hilarious. is hilarious the the scene is polarizing with the fandom like you either really love the scene or you mm-hmm. really hate I the scene totally and see- yeah, and the first time I watched the episode, um, so back in 2017, when I first watched this episode, I thought it was really dumb. I was I was not a fan of it. I was like, what is happening and everything? Now that I'm going back through Rebels and I have more context, I actually like this scene a lot more um, because I really get it. I understand it more. Like, I was just kind of like, you know, it was my first gut reaction to it. But, like, now that I've had time to think about it, and it's a really beautiful scene. I love that when he touches the knee brain and it just like rubs his hand. It's a very beautiful scene. And it makes sense for AP5's character. So it's still not my favorite scene of Rebels, but I do like it a lot more than I did the first time I saw this episode because it's it's a good scene for AP5's character. He's in his happy place. He's away from the chaos. This is what he wants. Though I will say, and I did not note this in my background notes, in Rebels Recon, it got dark for half a second because I think it was it was either Pablo or Henry Gilroy. And they were just like, yeah, he just wants to flow into space until his battery runs out. And I was like, oh, that's a little dark. <laughs> but I, I do like this scene a lot more um, than I did the first time I saw it. So I'm, I'm actually pretty okay with it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think it's a, I think it's a nice, nice little scene. It reminds me a little of... Clone Wars, not anything we've actually seen in Clone Wars, but Clone Wars more so than Rebels would just like jump into another genre. And this jumped into not only just sort of like a musical piece, but kind of a Disney music piece too, you know? Oh my God, he's a Disney princess with like... Right, you know, instead of of a little bird and butterflies like flocking around him, you've got your, (laughs) you know... So so I, I, I took it as sort of like 
a, a little nod towards Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and a little tacit admission of like, yeah, that's right, we're working for Disney right now, you know. Just, just to let you know, this is a Disney production. Five is a Disney princess. I'm making notes. <laughs> but that's oh a, my god. That's you're all right, I got right. for uh, Act Three. Yeah, you're so right. All I have really to con- there's not much to contribute about it. There, you know. Yeah. Um. But oh my god, now I can't get over the fact of AP. I'm just imagining him in like Snow White's dress, floating through space. <laughs> right, and he does a little reach out with his hands, and they sort of flock around him, just like, "Hi, my friend." Oh my god, you're right. Anyway, huh. <laughs> I will I think that's like in I think it was zero hours, um, Rebels Recon, they were talking about uh, like the cast and the crew were, were talking about their favorite scenes from the season. Um and like three of them was just like the AP five singing scene. Like that was their favorite. And and I I do like when Star Wars gets weird. Um, yeah. and, it's something and think, different for them, you know. It was probably yeah. exciting for them because they they got to experiment a little bit. And I, I like when Star Wars gets weird is when I'm I I like when it gets weird. Um, and I think why I had such a jarring gut reaction to this was the first time through watching Rebels, I was not a fan of AP Five. I just I did not like the character. I thought it was boring. I I didn't get them. But now on the second time through. I like the character a lot more because we're going through it very carefully with a fine tooth comb and I really like his character. So I think that's one of the reasons why it jived much better with me. And it is a weird scene. It's a weird fucking scene, but it's a good yeah. weird scene and I like yeah. it. And it goes by fa- if you don't like it, it's gone in in 30 in not I, even 30 seconds. I actually wish it was slightly longer, like maybe about another 10 seconds. Oh, I wish they would have done a whole sequence with him, you know, doing little, you know, like a whole musical sequence, you know, you know, like they would do like they would do in a movie, you you know, like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the the guy, Busby Berkeley or something, you know, or, you know, or like a song in a Disney where he's he swirls around, he sort of does a little dance with them. And maybe when he sings something they form into the shape of a heart or, you know, when he's, or, you know, the shape of whatever he's singing about and, you know, just some little imaginative thing. And then the ship showed up. That would have been a lot of fun. Or they chirp chirp along like to the melody. Yeah. That's, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of territory to take up in a 22 minute show too. So, but it would have been, I would have, I would have been down with it. Yeah. Um, my only other notes are, I do like seeing Space Mom defending her droid. Um, her and Chopper go all the way back to the Clone Wars. So it's a, it's a very good reaction from Hera. And because like, Chopper's an asshole, but she loves Chopper. She loves Chopper so much. And you see how much she loves Chopper. And I just love her like Molly Weasley moment of just like, not my droid, you bitch. <laughs> and even Ezra is like, oh, Hera's mad. Oh, <laughs> And he, like, looks at Zeb, and Zeb's like, yeah, let's stay out of the way. <laughs> so, space kids know what to stay out of space mom's way, and I love it. Um, my, my only other note, and this is probably my biggest note of the episode, and it's a deep cut back to our Clone Wars episodes when we were covering mm. Clone Wars. Um, I like that this episode pointed out something that we always point out in our show. 
And there's a reason we have a joke about R2 being the greatest hero in all of Star Wars. And that's because no one pays attention to the fucking droids, which is why in Clone Wars, R2 is able to do everything because no one pays attention. And if I remember anything he wants, anything he wants, because not like in the reason I I think it was our episode Cargo of Doom from Clone Wars. And the fight with, like, the Zero-G fight with Cad Bane, where they're all floating around and Anakin and Ahsoka are fighting Cad Bane and Zero-G, I remember you saying, specifically, Cad Bane should just shoot R2, which would totally fuck them all over. And you're right. <laughs> you're still right to this day. Yep. And so I like that this episode, like, because we've been t- saying it all season, like, why isn't Thrawn picking up on Chopper? Like, why is... You know, like, Chopper's in the same room as Thrawn. Why is he not picking up on this? And finally in this episode, like, somebody was like, these droids, Chopper's not an Imperial droid. He's not shaped like an Imperial droid. He's just painted to look like one. But he doesn't have an Imperial droid shape. And finally someone pointed it out. And I'm so glad that they did that because it's an ongoing thing that we've been talking about for... Six seasons of Clone Wars and two and a half seasons, almost three Many seasons moons. of Rebels. Many moons. Yeah. So it was kind of like a validating moment of just like, yes, this is what we've been talking about since Clone Wars. Thank you. <laughs> so that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready to score it up. Score it up, Chris. I think just like last week, if I recall, I gave it an eight out of ten. Well, I scored lower than you. I figured you would, but I, 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 I got a good, I, I got a good warm fuzzy laugh out of the singing part at the end. So, yeah. That, and what's funny is we were sort of talking about the scandal, and I was like, oh, that's right, AP Five sings. And so when we first, when I was first watching the episode, I totally forgot about. I sort of like remembered him floating in space, but then they were doing the anything you can do, I can do better. And I'm like, oh, that's where it was in this. Well, this, you know whatever that you can write that off as coincidence that's not that scandalous but then at the end i was like oh yes no i was right he does float in space and sing to to glowing glowing manta rays so yeah eight out of ten this is good good show i gave this my average score because this is an okay episode um i liked last week actually a little bit better i thought last week had more meat to it this is just a standard little adventure it's not one of my favorites, but it's not bad either. And I, like the more and more I see AP5, the more and more I like him. And I, I actually really enjoyed the Annie Get Your Gun scene because I had to kind of laugh and I was like, oh, they're doing fucking Annie Get Your Gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it sort of I, sets up that it's not going to be a really like heavy episode, you know? When, when somebody drops anything you can do, I can do better in the middle of an episode. I was like, okay, they're, they're being kind of meta here. Because <laughs> you don't... Drop a random musical in. Although there's a lot of people of the age group that were watching that that would have no idea. It was more for the parents, you know, and people our age. Absolutely. Because I I did actually grow up. I I remember seeing Annie Get Your Gun um, at the Fox Theater. Um, It was a very much bigger deal when I was younger. But now that I'm older now, I think about it. I, I can't remember. The last time I heard anything from Annie Get Your Gun was in Glee. And they didn't. It was in an episode of Glee. Um, and I think that's the, cl- and even then it was a mashup with another song. So like, it's, it's not in the forefront. So it is something that they can kind of slide in there. You're very right yeah. about that. 
Um, the singing scene is not as bad as I remember. It's quite nice, and I really like it. And fucking toilets! So I gave it a 7 out of 10. I thought it was just a nice, average episode. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just average. I liked it. The sad thing is, is that so much of the season has been scored so high that just score alone, this is probably going to be one of my bottom episodes. But even then, I think... Like, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, and I kind of hate that about it. No, this isn't one of the ones where I wish I, uh, you know, I mean, that's the phrase we have in that roundup is like, which one do you wish you could get your 22 minutes back? There's not really too many episodes of any of them that I wish I could get back. There's I do. Iron Squadron with the shitty kids. Well, I'm saying there's not there's not too many of them, you know. It's yeah. not something we're gonna run across. It's something we're gonna run across very rarely, you know. Yeah. So, well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook for our two-part episodes of Ghost of Geonosis Part One and Part Two. Um, just so you know, Chris, the, the lines is the break between the two conversations. Between part one and part two? Okay. No, 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 between the con- like people's conversations. Oh, okay. They Pretty much they were all about the same kind of thing, so I didn't yeah. separate the episodes. Okay. All right, so first conversation starts with Aaron Henley, and he says, I never expected the Empire to wipe out a valuable resource like the Geonosians, but when compared to keeping the secret of the Death Star, what's a sending species or two? I mean, we already wiped out the Lasat, so it's not like we can't even get eviler. Yeah, Point it's for true. Aaron. Point for Aaron. That's a like yeah. <laughs> um and that's very that's very palpatine to be like, have them design our ultimate weapon and then kill them to keep it's, it a secret, you know. It's almost specious because like no one blinks an eye at Lasat and in the in the people, and no one blinks an eye at when the Geonosians are found out that they got wiped out. But everyone freaks the fuck out over Alderaan because humans were killed. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. specious of the Star Wars galaxy. Also, Alderaan was also very dramatic too. They did; bl- it was the first one that they just sort of blew up. So I guess That's maybe true. it had a little novelty to it too. But because they yeah. Were- it's not like Geonosis was like Canto Bite. It wasn't like a hot vacation spot or anything. It was a planet full of bug people who were. Yeah, asking. no, no. The good guys are even kind of crappy towards Geonosians. So, you know, yeah. there, there you have it. And then Gene Hendricks replies I can't remember where I first heard slash read it, but the idea of the Death Star's first test being on the planet of its builders has been around for a while. And Aaron Henley says, it was a plot point in X-Wing, and I think it probably showed up in one of the RPG source books as most of the EU lore and the rebellion started. Yeah. I'll have to take your word for that. Yes, I'm here. All right. Next conversation. Next conversation is started by Gene Hendricks. Why did I expect Graham Chapman to have a voiceover at the end of this episode? Paul C. Kelly. Then Paul C. Kelly walks in and says, oh yeah. So after his upcoming accident, Saw Gerrera basically becomes Zuckus. Someone who might possibly be able to write a season about Rebels or downtime is Larry David. Hope Mullinex whispers, I'm so confused right now. So confused. I have no idea what they're talking about, but it was there. Larry David wrote, Larry David wrote Seinfeld and, um, and, um, oh, um, 
Curb Your Enthusiasm. He stars in. He's the star of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've never seen either. What's Zuckus? Zuckus was one of the bounty hunters. From uh, was a was a scarred up, just chopped up bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back. He was one of the bounty hunters that was standing. Oh yeah. And um. And and there, like you would recognize probably the music for because um, we're going to hear it in a second here. But it's that music that like they it's at the end of the show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, this theme always the show always ends with him doing something really horrible or embarrassing. And it's always kind of a sight gag, and then the music kicks in, and they they put it on memes all the time when somebody oh, says the yep yeah okay yeah so he was basically like that that was but that's it for letters you know what that means candy. Okay, so I'm down to two, and then we'll be able to get to our new box of Kit Kat. So I have the Mars and a white chocolate Kit Kat. Um, I have a black small Mars bar and then a white chocolate Kit Kat. Oh, there's a Mars bar. Let's do the Mars bar because I've yet to eat dinner, so I should only eat a small snack. All right, well, if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats. So our friend Dario, who is wonderful and Chris's co-pod, cod, the po, po, po cod pastor. He's a cod pastor. He he, he preaches the God. He preaches the gospel to cod, codfish. <laughs> Chris is co-podcaster for Eden and Vita, and he's in this candy from all over the world to review. And the small Mars bar comes from England. It is tiny. I'm gonna have to nibble. No, I haven't had a Mars bar in I don't know how long, like decades. So, so I can't compare this to a, but it's delicious. I am also very hungry. <laughs> oh my God, I can do it in the middle. Ma'am, I haven't had a Mars bar in forever too. I actually thought they had nuts in it, but I guess I'm wrong. Mm. It's oh. sort of like a snick. It's it's sort of snick. It's sort of just like, yeah, chocolate and a lot of, um, a lot Man, of caramel. This candy's getting old. <laughs> you can taste the age. Mm-mm-mm. That's a downside when you get down to like the last candies in the box. By the way, Dario, we're fine. We still have all the Kit Kats from the last time you sent us. Um, I almost only... want to get a little mini fridge for upstairs to keep my candy in just to keep it fresh. Mm, I know. Because I can't run downstairs and get it when we're doing the show. Oh, you could. You could just edit that part out. Yeah, I'm too lazy. We're going to have to do that <laughs> with the baked Kit Kats. We know those are coming. Delicious. Mm. Thank you, Dario. We love you. Please stay safe. Dario, I just mailed you your prison chips, so they're on their way. <laughs> well, that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? See, we made it like almost two hours. Well, we did talk before we recorded. Yeah, so it was we like an hour and a half. Up. Yeah, yeah. We can squeeze a good amount of show out of nothing. We can, we can actually. (laughs) Well, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our podcast where you can see all of our podcasts as they post. And all of our back episodes are all there like in a giant vault. You can sign up for our RSS feed there or at iTunes. We are also... 
Sorry. <laughs> We're also getting coronavirus and checking on Mars bars. Look at that Mars bar went down the. Right. Mmm. Mmm. Caramel. We are also on Facebook. We have the Two True Freaks podcast page. It's not like Yoda over there. I wonder why that is. Um, <laughs> um, on Facebook, you can see the Two True Freaks podcast page or the Two True Freaks Cantina which is our hangout spot. You can also see what's going on with Two Fur Freaks, Two Fur Treaks on um, on Twitter. And our Twitter feed is run by the legendary Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. I'm going to be do my Yoda beat poetry. Gene The Gene Genie. <laughs> mm. And I think that's it. That's all. That's the only places you can ever find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at JGuys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molnax on Twitter. I have my website, geekygirlexperience.com. And as I said at the beginning of this, probably by the time this comes out I will have just launched or about to be launching a Patreon doing a Patreon exclusive podcast with Chris called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons where we'll be starting with Gravity Falls very 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 excited about that guys I cannot wait for that I mentioned it actually on Facebook and Dario was like what? when? (laughs) so very excited um, you can also find me on Archive of Our Own under the name Chaos Lydia. That's where I write Star Wars fan fiction. And I actually just wrote a brand new one shot with my grande boyfriend. Um, it's called The Commander of the First Legion. And I don't get to talk about it very much because he's only in a book. But Commander Keeman from Thrawn Alliances is fucking one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. And he's only in that book. So I wait, wrote a one Wait, 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 wait. Is he fucking one of your favorite characters, or is he just fucking one of your favorite characters? Either or. Okay. I did write a, uh, the story uh, made my Grand Inquisitor buddy just be like, God, I ship them now. I ship I ship Keeman in, in, in Grande now. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. Um, but it's about, it's the story of how he became the commander of the First Legion, and Vader's in it, and the Grand Inquisitor's in it. And it was a lot of fun to write, and just mostly because I was like, I need a break and have a day where I just write fanfiction. And there's also artwork with that, and my friend Gabby um, drew me two pictures of Keemond for me, and it's at the bottom of that piece as well, and her artwork's amazing, and I love her. Thank you so much, Gabby. So you can find that on Archive of Our Own under the name Chaos Lydia, and the story is called The Commander of the First Legion. Oh my goodness! Um, So next week is Twin Sons which is the Maul Obi-Wan episode. And I'm very, very, very excited because I'm, I'm leaving it blank in case that it falls through and you need to edit this out. <laughs> if all goes well. <laughs> if all goes well. Um, we will be having Jeremy, Jeremy Conrad from Best Car Pod. It took me a second. I was like, what is the name of his podcast with Jonna? Um, Jeremy from Best Car Pod as our guest next week. And we tried to have him on for Voices and Visions, but scheduling didn't work out. But he's a huge Maul fan. 
And uh, I'm very, very, very excited to finally get to talk to Jeremy. Um, he did all the Mandalorian episodes of Geeky Bubble with Jonna Marie, who's a friend of the show. And he is, I'm just so excited to finally be able to talk to him and quote unquote meet him through the internet for the first time. And he's just like a super duper nice guy. And I'm so excited to talk Twin Sons with him. So yeah, let's do this. Twin Sons next week. Obi-Wan and, 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 and Maul fighting. And I have some Maul thoughts. So I'm very excited to get to this. Some people say... Some people say that this is one of the greatest lightsaber fights in all of Star Wars. I could get on board with that. We shall see. We shall see. We shall discuss that. And I have a criticism of this episode, but it's not of the episode specifically. It's about Maul in general in Rebels. So you're going to have to listen next week. And I hope I remember Very to write it in my notes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. I should be frightened, but I'm strangely calm. The silence, solitude, ah, this is beautiful. I'm in a world all my own. I do not feel alone. It's easy to see. I fit perfectly in this wonderful, beautiful city. No, 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 go away. I was so happy. He even recorded the temporary for um, num, num, num. Uh, Oh, excuse me. That was a lot of things happening just now. Ah.